0: Hello and welcome to The Daily Lawyer, thank you so much for tuning in. Today is our fourth episode in our careers in the law series and today we are going to be speaking about banking law. We're not just going to be speaking about banking law, we're also going to be speaking about something very interesting uh, which I think is very relevant to all of us in whichever stage of life we are on and that is about taking career breaks, about getting back into the workforce after a career break and all of those things, how to negotiate uh, your position in an organization after you've taken a career break and so on. And uh, I, I cannot think of a better person to talk to us about all of these things, other than my dear friend, Malvika Menon. She is a partner with dhaval Sanji & Company. She's a banking law expert. She's been uh, doing banking law for over a decade. First uh, with SNG partners, and then with Yes Bank and now as a partner leading the banking law practice at Dhaval and Company. She's also, other than just being a lawyer, she's a phenomenally creative person. And you will all know this if you've ever had the chance to receive a gift from Malika, you'd know that it's always the best looking, best wrapped gift. And she's, you know, she paints, she does yoga, she does a whole lot of things. Her identity is so much more than just being a lawyer. And she's also the best dressed person in any Room. So if you enter the room and you see the best-dressed person, you know that's Malvika. So Malvika, thank you so much for being on the TDL podcast.
1: Hi, that was quite an introduction.
0: <laughs> see, I told you, right? Look, she's the best-dressed person even in today's <laughs> podcast. It's just the two of us. But... So Malu, thank Hi. you for being Hi.
1: here. Hi. It was, it's absolutely my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Yes, So we are going to be speaking so much about banking law because you know that the the series that we're talking about today is about careers in the law. But before we start talking about banking law, can you tell us how you got into the law in the first place? Like what was your journey from entering GLC uh, to today?
1: So uh, honestly, I never wanted to be a lawyer. I was more inclined uh, to medicine or, you know, doing something with the sciences And um, I don't know, actually, I think uh, there was this unfortunate incident in college where I had to dissect a rat and I just couldn't, that just put me off completely. And um, I mean, obviously, at that point, I realized then, you know, if if that was something I couldn't handle, then, uh, you know, doing medicine was out of the question. So then, you know, went back to the drawing board, thought, you know, what should I do? What should I not do? I said, okay, I don't want to do chartered accountancy. I don't know, at that point, architecture seemed very abstract. Uh, You know, I didn't know too many architects, so to speak. Uh, And, uh, you know, it was more a process of elimination where I said, you know, where I just thought that, okay, I'm not too bad at maybe expressing my thoughts, you know, understanding things and reading in general. So I said, okay, you know what, let's just give this a shot. And I had no idea I would actually be where I am because this was definitely not a passion for me like it is for some people you know they actually grow up believing that this is what they want to do so for me it was completely a process of elimination so yeah that's that's how I'm here today
0: <laughs> that's how you got into <laughs> GLC and then and then what happened yeah. like how did banking you know because you've You've really got an banking law. So yeah, did... correct.
1: Again, it was by chance because the first law firm that, that I worked at, it was, uh, you know, a small solicitor law firm. So they, uh, you know, they did a lot of, um, I mean, the matters were on a smaller scale, you could say. And uh, it was, uh, you know, four or five people who were working together. It was a great uh, starting point. It was a, a great place to um, learn things very well it was my first interaction with you know dealing with clients independently so definitely gave a lot of confidence and uh, you know obviously I think I just felt that you know maybe I needed to be with more people my age and you know just generally interact a little bit more which is what led me into you know seeking other opportunities and that's when you know an opportunity came with SNG and partners, and that's when I kind of got stuck with uh, this practice again. Not something I chose; it's just something that came my way. So, <laughs> so as you can see, I've not made too many choices. It's more like you know whatever was there in front of me at that point. I kind of
0: but you made the best uh, of whatever you've done. Like you've really yeah, well I tried to your, yeah, you've given your best to that. So uh for someone who's listening, uh, because this yeah. this entire sort of podcast is geared to people who are not in the profession or who are yeah, young yeah. lawyers or law students, uh, how yeah, do yeah. you explain banking law? You know, like what is banking law and what is So a lot of so a lot of people
1: think that, you know, acha bad pick. So it's it's a you know, I mean there there is that little bit of misconception and a lot of people just know like, you know, MA. Like for them, corporate law is that. But yes, banking is a smaller part of corporate law. Maybe it's not as glamorous as, uh, you know, it is saying, you know, that you're doing MA and capital markets and all of that. But um, it's, a, it's a very uh, large part of, uh, you know, the work that goes into the corporate world in, in terms of uh, banking is nothing but simply put, it's one person lending money to another now it could be in different forms it could be a loan it could be debentures it could be uh, deposits it could be anything and uh, as as a banking lawyer i usually advise institutions so whether it's mvfcs or banks or you have funds uh, usually we act for them but, but but it's also where we do represent certain borrowers in you know transactions so it involves um, You know, going, I mean, drafting the documents, negotiating them, and just ensuring that you get the best uh, possible um, document for your client. So this is pretty much what, uh, you know, the work that I've been doing over the past couple of years.
0: But what, what does like a banking lawyer, you know, if you have to simplify it, what do you think, what, you, what will you say a banking lawyer does? Like, uh, one thing is they'll do documentation for loans and for yeah. mortgages yeah. and yeah. liens and yeah. all the other things. Yeah. So you're actually drafting all of those complicated documents so you are drafting see some most most
1: times most organizations have a standard set of documents which get uh, you know negotiated with different uh, borrowers so you are uh, sort of you know fine-tuning the documents every time that you do a particular transaction because it's not a one size fits all because sometimes you have to make changes as per a particular structure or when um, I mean I mean it really depends so it it's not uh, it's not like a you know something you have blanks and you have to just fill them so there is a a lot of application of mind there's a lot of understanding of commercials that is um, that is something which uh, you know uh, that's a skill which even I've had to hone over the years you know understanding about interest and you know uh, things I mean even things relating to how uh, the sales figures come. So, because I do a lot of work in uh, construction finance. So, you have to have a fair bit understanding of how the market works as well. Construction
0: finance means like real estate, uh, helping builders construct buildings and other sort of, you do bigger Township, projects sorry. like uh, yes, yes, like so there are bridges and, and the, those kind of things. Like yeah, it could be sl-
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. So slum redevelopment. It 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 really it. Uh, there's a wide array of you know the types of, uh you know construction uh finance models that there are. So um so yeah so there is a fair bit of uh, understanding of how the market also works, and one needs to keep oneself abreast. Uh, you know, with the latest developments, you can't be clueless about things. so, so, yeah, I mean, this is pretty much the work that uh, you know goes into uh, advising your client well.
0: So do you also like you do this, but and uh, I mean under banking law, this is one part, you no, know, like drafting documents and advising your clients and basically structuring the entire financial model uh, along with the yeah. finance guys to, yes to uh, ensure that your client has minimum risk and right. makes the best sort of decision but uh, right. do banking lawyers also do things like um, you know uh, you know there are so many loans that go unpaid so what, what, what how, yeah yeah so do they do also do things like that in the DRT of course so there is
1: so yeah so that again I mean that would really I think form part of what a litigation lawyer would do whether you go to the DRT or you go to the NCLT or you know whatever it is whatever the forum forum could be so yes but there of course the recovery uh, is is a big part of all of this so there are people who uh, I mean at least in in uh, in a lot of companies there are people who are specifically appointed to look into recovery so i mean a lot of companies outsource work to firms like us for uh, recovery matters but even in house there's somebody who's actually overlooking all of this so yes i mean recovery is a big part of uh, what uh, i mean a banking lawyer would do as well
0: for uh, and you've been doing banking law for so long so you you can actually answer this question from a Number of different perspectives. Uh, What do you think are the the most common mistakes that people make in your line of or in within your experience? When I say people, it could be clients of yours who are you know coming to you with these huge sort of construction projects, or it could be even the everyday like common people like you and me. Uh, what, Mm. What do you think? We what are the mistakes that we make in our everyday life with regard to documentation? Or uh, anything to do with you know the way we bank with what do you think we do or not negotiate um, our documents, not think through what do you think are the see, see, see,
1: see, so for a lot of like retail loans, if what you're talking about, the bank's not really gonna sit down with you and you know negotiate a document. It is this is what it is, this is you, you sign it and you're done. But uh, I think when it comes to loans having a certain ticket size. I mean, when it when it crosses a certain threshold, that's when the negotiating power really you know kicks in. That's when somebody is actually going to sit across the table. And, uh, you know, listen to what you have to say, see if, you know, changes can be made. But uh, not in the ordinary course, not somebody who's going to, you know, go for a car loan or who's going to go for, uh, you know, even a home loan to that extent. So, uh, no, I mean, if you were talking about mistakes in terms of work, was, was that something that you were referring to?
0: I was talking more about mistakes that everyday people make that, you know, you, we with simple knowledge yeah. you 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 know that can yeah. be plugged basically so for obviously instance of, I mean
1: you know not reading between the lines sometimes you know yes there is no choice you sign it but you should be aware at least of what you're signing uh you know sometimes people don't have access to getting that sort of an understanding or just getting somebody to explain the finer print to them so yeah that that unfortunately is there but uh, uh but but I mean, other than that, I don't think, like I said, I don't think anybody is in that position to really negotiate a lot of the, you know, typically uh, retail uh, loan documents, etc. So there's not much one can do.
0: (laughs) So then uh, what are the, you know, for a common person who's taking a house loan or a car loan or even a personal loan, what are the things uh, that a person has to read? Because no one, you know, no person is going to read from the beginning of that document to the end, I, I doubt if you and I will also read it. From I also I never read it. Yeah. <laughs> to be because very the, honest, And you have to do some thirty-four signatures, so you're like, I'm done, you know. Yeah. But yeah. what yeah. are some of the clauses? Mechanical. Yeah. So you should That's-
1: definitely like read the interest rate. Is it fixed? Is it floating? Is it going to change? So that is something you should be aware of. You should know when you're repayment starts if there is a moratorium period you know when you don't have to pay your principal amount uh you 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 should know when your principal amount starts uh, when the repayment starts you should be aware of your default interest which is usually in bold as per rbi guidelines so that is something you should be aware of also uh you know um I guess uh, for for most of these sort of loans, I think these are the these are the what main about, things that one needs to
0: look at. Because I believe there are foreclosure, uh, you know, if you foreclose before a particular time, there's a the so there are prepayment. Pay yeah, yeah,
1: but not correct, correct. So that is also obviously these are whatever your finances, uh, financial charges are, whichever you have to pay to the bank. I think that's something you should be very well aware of, and you know, you should uh, definitely. Uh, you know bear bear that in mind when you're signing the document and uh, other than that of course please be regular with your payments so uh, especially with respect to you know home loan because obviously your 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 house is mortgaged to the bank so if you you know miss payments then you know there is a procedure which which will be followed by the bank so i mean you need to be aware of these things so definitely read these particular things the rest even if you want to change you really can't but uh, these particular things are definitely uh, some, i mean this is definitely something that you need to be very careful about
0: Malu, what uh, you said uh, fixed interest and floating interest and changing interest so for someone who yeah. doesn't know anything about this how will you explain it to them if they see whatever x percent fixed or x percent floating or whatever compounded or changing how, how do you think they they, they should understand this
1: Uh, So a fixed interest rate would be, uh, you know, which is, uh, say, like if it's 10% per annum, then it's always going to be that a floating one is where it could sometimes be uh, uh, 10%. I mean, it depends, like the bank's rates also change at times. So it could be 10, it could be 9.8. So just to, I mean, you know, keep that in mind while, uh, you know, the loan is going on. So just, just to know that, I mean, this is, it depends each, sometimes you have a fixed rate, sometimes you have a floating rate. So again, it it depends on that particular, uh, you know, whatever the commercials are for that particular loan.
0: Yeah, but basically you know it because then, you know, that should, that will affect your, the amount of money that you have to pay every month and then you you plan backward, essentially. Exactly, exactly. And now, if we have to come to a lawyer, this is all from the perspective yeah. of someone who doesn't know or who's not really aware of the banking law side, but for someone who's a young lawyer, or who's a law student who's listening, yeah. and they find that, oh wow, this banking thing seems interesting. Uh, what do you think what 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 do you think are the skill sets that you see which are required in a banking lawyer or or how would you advise such a person to take their career? from See, you know
1: jenna to be honest to be honest i don't think anyone specifically wants to be a banking lawyer or this lawyer i think uh that comes along the way like maybe you develop an interest in something and then you know you sort of take to it but uh to anybody to any aspiring lawyer i mean i i would just say that it's not suits you're definitely uh not having uh you know that sort of <laughs> those sort of offices or you know yeah it's it's not glamorous and uh there is a lot of hard work to put in. So be prepared for that. And uh, definitely um, be very thorough. You know, don't just glaze over things or don't be very overconfident or hasty. And it's okay to ask questions. You know, that's one thing I feel, uh, you know, a lot of these, a lot of youngsters, at least, whom even I've interacted with, I just feel they... They're very ashamed to say they don't know something, which is fine. You know, even I don't know everything. Even I'm learning as I go. And it's okay to, you know, ask a a stupid question because there actually aren't any stupid questions. Every question is okay. I mean, the only person... Who, whom I would consider stupid is the one who isn't asking any questions being thorough in general I think it's not again I, I don't think I have anything specific to say about like a banking lawyer but yeah I mean keep abreast with with the the laws and the statutes that you know you are referring to on a daily basis so
0: like keep yourself like, abreast like, so you have, like you have whether you have the
1: Companies Act or you have the Insolvency and Bankruptcy Code or Sal- you have your RV yeah, you have your RBI guidelines, Sarfazi, even, I mean, if you do construction finance, then you should be aware of the, I mean, the of RERA and, you know, the rules. Uh-huh. So these are certain things that, you know, you need to, uh, you need to, you need to be able to answer things quickly when it comes to these. And tax also? Tax, not but not entirely, no, because tax, usually a lot of people actually prefer getting independent tax advice. Yeah. Uh, and uh, at least I don't uh, advise on tax. So, no, it's, it's, if if you know it, great, it's a, it's a, it's a good, uh, it's a good bonus to uh, be well-versed with tax, with taxation laws. So, yeah, I mean, just keeping yourself uh, in the loop always helps, irrespective of whether you're a banking lawyer or any other lawyer. So.
0: And and through like in GLC at least you know a lot of us used to work through uh, especially after the third year yeah doing internships and all that time pass so uh, if somebody really because I'm I'm uh, noticing that you no know, many of the my interactions with students nowadays they are all like I want to do cyber law I want to do SEBI, uh, they're all already designing the. Yeah, yeah, that, and that
1: they want to do I'm so and I'm so envious of them because I had no clue what I want yeah, I used to be I think in college I was one of those where I started doing internships just because I felt a lot of pressure <laughs> that you know oh my god everybody else is doing internships and people are you know signing up for those long-term internships where you do one year this one year this one year this I had no plan but um but yeah I think people need to relax also a little bit because, you know, they've got their whole life and, you know, a very long career ahead. So, you know, I think take your time in college to actually explore what college has to offer, you know, whether it's the committees or whether it's your mood courts, just do all of that, you know, don't be in a a huge rush to leave and, you know, go work. You're going to be working all your life. Trust me, you will be missing the time that, you know, you had when you could have not worked and done something else. So I would tell, you know, people in college also, it's very important to pursue some, pursue a hobby. It doesn't have to be, everything doesn't have to be related to law. You can't be a one-dimensional person who is, you know, who's only, who you're only able to talk about one thing. I think you have to be a well-rounded person, even later on when you interact with your clients. After the document is done, that's it. I mean, you're not going to keep discussing it. So you have to be able to talk talk about other things in life. And that only comes when you actually allow yourself to explore other things. So I, I think that uh, is very important for, for law students. Otherwise, lawyers tend to be very boring as, <laughs> uh, as we get older, if we're unable to talk about other things.
0: <laughs> That's true. It's actually a very good segue into what I wanted to ask you. The other part of what I want to ask you, because I know, and I know you for a very long time now, so I know that your identity, uh, like you said, has is not and has never been just being a lawyer. You've, uh, you're, you're really one of the most creative people I know. You do, do a lot of, uh, you know, whether it is your painting or whether it's the yoga and the other sort of physical activities that you do, or. Um, you know, the, your gift trapping and all of that, <laughs> drawing, caricature, all of that. So uh, how, you, uh, and then I also know that you took certain career breaks at yeah very, uh, at points of time that most people would not do. Okay, like, yeah. because like you were rightly saying, we all feel pressured, especially if you're in a college like GLC and other, yeah. Uh, you know, which are considered good colleges. You know, you have a lot of competition. Everybody seems to be running to a particular point and you feel pressure to run with them. And you actually took a career break when you were, I think, what, a third-year associate? I mean, two, three years into the profession?
1: Uh, So, no, I actually took a break. This was in 2015 for like, I think, five or six months. That was more because I think I wasn't enjoying myself anymore. And um, I think... Everyone at home was so tired of me complaining that I don't think they even they even heard what I had to say after a point. So it was more like, you know, if this is really not giving you any happiness. If going to work every day is a struggle, then, you know, maybe just take some time and reflect and see if this is what you want to do. And I was lucky enough to not have any liabilities at that age because... It's not easy. I mean, everybody doesn't have that luxury to just wake up and say, you know what, I want a break.
0: Yeah.
1: When you have certain payments, yeah. you have responsibilities. You, you're, I mean, you can't afford to do that. I was fortunate enough that I didn't, at least at that point. And uh, I decided to take the break. Actually, I, I didn't think it through, to be very honest. I did not think about okay is this this going to be easy to get back how how hard is it going to be what am I going to do every day but to be honest the first two weeks after I uh, quit were bliss because I was waking up at whatever time I wished to I was I was just doing anything and everything that I couldn't do when I was actually working but again I think after some time that monotony you know Mm. set in of not having a routine not doing something which is and of course I was very lucky that I that I had a friend who sort of recommended me to apply to Yes Bank and I got in over there Uh, but um, but yeah I mean I think it's it's if you have the option and you do want to take a break I think please do take it because today I think people are a lot more receptive to sabbaticals it's not a negative term it doesn't I mean, it doesn't have that negative connotation that it used to have, I think, a couple of years ago. Today, a lot of people are taking breaks. They're doing something completely unrelated uh, to, you know, their profession, the their profession that they're qualified in. And I think it brings about um, a lot of gratitude when you get back, at least that's how it was for me. I was pretty grateful to um, to be able to get back and... I think I ended up giving more to my career after the breaks.
0: When you went back uh, and you were negotiating your position, whether it was at Yes Bank or then the jobs later, I'm sure yeah. you were asked about like, why did you take a sabbatical and things like that? Yeah. So yeah. Um, how did you, you know, for somebody who's getting back to the workforce, whether they have taken a maternity break or they have taken a break for some other sort of personal reasons and they're coming back. Yeah. I faced this problem even though I didn't yeah. take a break uh but you know yeah. when I had to ask for an increase in salary and you know this because we have yeah, I have asked, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I really struggled with asking uh first of all feeling that I'm entitled to get that salary yeah. and then yeah. asking for it and when I did ask for it I was I was asked for you know I had to get uh pay slips from others like uh all of you guys, yeah I
1: remember this yeah you guys do. had yeah, to actually I, help
0: me out with your pay slips yeah. and to make sure that there's yeah, pay parity yeah, yeah. and things like that which is I think ridiculous but it, it happened yeah, I agree. yeah but um, but you know um, uh, how did you deal with that because it's a real issue how did you first deal with feeling entitled so, to get a particular position and then asking so, for what you want So
1: I I think you have to be very honest about why you've taken a break. Like don't spin any stories that, you know, you went to meditate in the Himalayas when you were actually sitting at home and, you know, binging on Netflix shows. I think you'd rather just say that you were doing that uh, as opposed to, you know, creating some sort of a very fancy image of what you were doing uh, for a year. I think honesty. Secondly, I think um, your work and your references do matter. So if you are if you are someone who has consistently been a good resource and uh, you know your, your work would speak for yourself, you would know what you're saying. I mean uh, I don't think uh, a couple of months I mean I, I wouldn't be able to talk in in years though my uh, my last break was uh, a little over a year year and a half but um, I don't think that that time away from the profession is going to um, hamper your skills or your ability to be a lawyer so if you are able to of course see and when you go for the when you decide like you're on your break and you you think that okay you know another six months i'm ready to join work so start working backwards and you need to start preparing you need to start uh, being being, being in a position where you will be able to answer questions thrown at you. So there is preparation which is involved. You can't, I mean, you know, just get up and hope that you're going to get a job. There is there is going to be a fair amount of work involved in getting back, um, you know,
0: uh, getting back into the profession. And How did you really uh, prepare to get back? And how did you how did you ask how did you negotiate uh, the position that yeah. you were in and how did you feel entitled first of all for that position because that is also a challenge uh, because we yeah. ourselves feel like oh my god I've missed out so much I don't think I can ask you know I don't think I think I should be happy if I get only this much you know we, we decide that for ourselves so how did you get past that and then how did you prepare to uh, to get back
1: so um, I definitely I think when I was reaching that saturation point of chilling and not doing anything and not having a routine was when I when I decided, you know what, now it's time to get back to work. I think I've, uh, I've painted enough. I've, uh, you know, maybe worked out enough. I've done all these things, you know, so so now maybe it's time to get back to the routine and time to, you know, for the meter to start <laughs> running again. Um, so yeah definitely one is you need to again update yourself over all the developments you know during your sabbatical so uh, because obviously time off is no excuse that you don't know what's happening if you're still coming back to that profession so uh, that that is one secondly you know sending out feelers to your uh, friends or your former colleagues or anybody whom you've known professionally if they can you know recommend a certain opening to you because sometimes you know it, it really helps to apply to a place through a reference you know not that that reference gonna go is gonna get you the job but at least it I think helps you get an interview if nothing else so um so for sure and um and you you, you mentioned about the guilt right like I don't think we should feel guilty for taking a break in your own life. I think it's fine. I mean, given that, you know, hopefully everybody is going to have careers spanning like a couple of decades. I think a couple of months or even a year or two or whatever it is, it's it's such a small blip in an otherwise, you know, very long career. And I, I don't think you need to feel guilty about taking some time off to recenter or to just you know, to just be, it, it's okay. I think uh, we, we need to stop being in that race where, you know, if you don't reach this particular milestone by this age, then, oh, you've not made it. I think today a lot of our lives are so, um, you know, centered around achievements and goals. And sometimes I think we lose little focus of the small things that give you happiness. So, um I I don't think you need to, uh, you know, be very guilty about, you know, having taken that break. And if you, I mean, if you're somebody who's had a solid body of work, and you have good references, your work is going to speak for yourself, you're going to know what you do. I mean, you know, in in terms of them asking you technical questions, and you being able to answer. So... uh, you know i mean if you've taken a break it's fine i mean explain it at least be honest about it don't try and embellish it and make it sound like something that it wasn't i think honesty is very important when uh, when you have to explain gaps in your career uh, and people appreciate it actually we we don't uh, we constantly feel that we need to have that perfect career graph and nobody does actually everybody has you know certain uh, you know, ebbs in in their career. So, um, so yeah, just be honest about your break and don't feel guilty about asking for whatever you think you deserve because only you know your own worth. So I don't think you should feel shy about uh, about actually asking for what you want and what you deserve. Definitely.
0: And then you also were speaking about preparation, you know, like six months or so before it's time for you to yeah. get back. You spoke yeah, about desperation. So, how do you prepare it, other than giving feelers and stuff like that? Personally, how do you prepare?
1: So, you definitely go over the transactions you've done, the work that you've, uh, you know, that the clients that you've represented. Everything. I mean, it's, uh, it's. Uh, you, you, you should be able to speak about uh, the kind of deals that you advised on. You should be able to maybe, uh, you know, uh, talk about some interesting judgments or talk about some amendments to statutes that you're constantly referring to. So, you know, in, in general, you should be able to hold a conversation about uh, the sector that, you know, you're working in. So I think, uh, I think that's very important in any interview, irrespective of whether you have a break or you don't. So uh, being up to date is, is, is extremely important. So obviously work backwards. Like, Like I was saying earlier that if you know that you need another couple of months, uh, you know, that is rather in six months is the time is that when you want to get back, you know, I mean, you want to start working. So obviously give yourself a couple of weeks to, you know, get your bearings right. Then, you know, applying and, uh, you know, that that in itself would take a month or two at the very least. uh So, so yeah, for sure. I mean, you have to give it like two or three months at the very minimum to be able to get back to be able to get back
0: in uh, to work you know I really love the way you spoke about not having that guilt and you know understanding your worth because that is really hard I know I struggle with it even now it- no,
1: so do I so do I Jenna but I think it it, it just gets better with time and maybe age I, I don't think I would have been this confident about it at the time when you know, I was probably explaining myself and explaining why I had taken these breaks. You, because I know that that little bit of guilt is there. Like, Are, you know, I'm asking for this. How do I explain so many months? But, um, but I think yeah, like I said, it's something you. It's a, it's maybe a con, not not confidence, but I think it's a sense of. Um, it's a sense of just knowing that it's fine. It's really okay to to take that break it's it's okay like don't beat yourself up about it and and just accept it for what it is it's fine you needed time off you took it so and also yes and also be prepared for the consequences you may not that one job that you are angling you may not get it they may not understand your break okay but wouldn't you rather go and work with someone who actually understands why you took that break because um, another thing is very important is finding the right Uh, you know not right rather the the I mean compatible people to work with who understand you I mean you know who give you that space for you know you need some personal time off sometimes in life I mean everybody does so it's it's if you don't if if that particular opportunity doesn't work out I think it's okay because there's probably something more suited for you out there so yeah I don't think you should uh, feel guilty at least try not to easier said than done but uh,
0: yeah very uh, very practical tips uh, Malu that you've shared <laughs> and, I, and I really loved all the things that you spoke about when it comes to getting back into the workforce uh, I, I'm sure everybody from different sort of sectors can relate to what you just said okay Malu now we are transitioning to the last segment of our podcast which is called five four three two one it means I ask you five of something and four of something and three of something like that okay so we started with five you tell me five uh, productivity tips or it can be any other tips I uh, know any apps that have helped you or uh, a- anything that you've learned to help make your life easier could be a mindset that you've developed whatever but five of that Five. five
1: oh uh... I think time management, I think that that's a little important for me, you know, whether it's reaching somewhere on time, you know, just, just planning it all out because though I know I'm late at times, like I was today, (laughs) I asked you for extra time, but I think time management helps, uh, especially for a lawyer and uh, in general, just planning ahead, planning in time rather than scrambling for things at the last minute. So it helps whether you're writing, you know, in a journal or or you have apps that you, you know, use for uh, helping you keep track of things. Um, I also think uh, a tip, I mean, I don't know whether this would qualify for a lawyer or not, but I think it's great for everybody to have some physical routine, you know, uh, physical exercise, whether it's dancing and I know just the way you do, I mean, for you dance is such an important part of your your life. so um, whether it's dancing or you do yoga or you're working on I think it, it's it's nice to have some physical activity incorporated into your daily routine um what else how many have I given you? Three so I have to think of two more um, I, I like I said okay did I did I mention a hobby? No, yeah. So then the fourth would be a hobby, taking up something. Uh, It could be music, it could be writing, it could be doing stand-up comedy. I think everybody has a creative outlet in them. And uh, I think we need to give more time to that. Uh, It just makes you a happier person, I think. And uh, a fifth, what would a fifth be? Jenna, you'll have to help me out
0: here. Tell us about either... uh... Some apps that that have helped you spending time with friends, making networks, connections, uh, nurturing—I don't know—bonds. Do you think that has helped you?
1: Taking time out to socialize and staying away from the apps may be a good thing, considering <laughs> how glued I know, that's uh, we true, are. No? Yeah, we are to our phones and you know iPads. I Maybe mean, like the human to,
0: interaction.
1: Think, yeah, the human interaction I think is important, especially given that. Some of us are still working remotely. Uh, I think uh, having that, uh, you know, human interaction with your friends and family is also very important because they are the ones who keep you grounded. They're also the ones who encourage you. And um, yeah, I think uh, socializing is also, I mean, I think it's a very important aspect of, uh, uh, you know, not only just being a lawyer, but just being a well-rounded person so yeah i think uh yeah i think this would be these, these would be my yeah. tips
0: yeah i i actually agree with all the five things that you've said and yeah maybe not it, it's not like applicable to a lawyer it's just applicable to all of yeah. us it doesn't anyone in general yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and we should be more than just lawyers no i mean
1: I that that's what that's what I actually uh, live by and I go by because I can't I I don't want to be known only as a lawyer it was never it was never something that I wanted and I would like to be known as you know other things as well
0: (laughs) yeah yeah I can say for you that you definitely are you have an identity (laughs) that goes way I mean you you definitely have an alternate career as a fashion blogger you know oh, God. i think right
1: now i just feel so bad that i don't read the way i used to and it's it's purely because of the uh, amount of uh, you know content that is out there on on all these apps and i also i'm also guilty of consuming it like anybody else so yeah
0: i know Malu, i'm <laughs> loving this the way you're giving me these openings into the next question because the next question I'm, I, I was, I was going to ask you is four books that you recommend and you just spoke about reading so yeah four books so that I you guess. recommend everybody
1: so, should read so I really liked uh, Becoming by Michelle Obama I read that on my iPad and uh, I quite enjoyed that book uh it's it's a nice insight into how she I mean the childhood that she had then her legal career then you know the entire uh, presidential journey with Barack Obama. I quite enjoyed that book. Um, Then, um, and they're not, I I don't really read too much of uh, too many legal books or books written by lawyers and all. I used to enjoy John Christian once upon a time, but I haven't read any of his books very recently. Um, Of course, the Harry Potter series. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. So I think any of those books, it's uh, just... If you're feeling, I mean, whatever it is, I think you can just revisit those books anytime. It's just like, you know, an old blanket. Um, then which I I really like, Not Without My Daughter, and I've forgotten the author. I
0: think, uh, Betty Mehmoudi, I think that was her name. I don't know. I read it because you guys told me to read it, and yeah, it's beautiful, but it was a bit disturbing. No, I mean, I'm glad it it turned up in the end. Yeah, Yeah, I know, I know. I th- I think that's what I
1: liked about the book—the fact that she actually made it out with her daughter. I think uh, the way it was written, it was a you know first-person account of uh, what happened. I think uh, I think yeah, I really I really liked that book. And uh, a fourth, what else have I read recently? Uh, da something? Vinci Code. No, I haven't read. I haven't. I, I mean, not recently, but I i really loved the da vinci code i mean conspiracy theory everything like it had uh, i mean it was it was very absorbing i think i finished it in a day or two so yeah these are four books i think most everyone would have pretty much read all of them but yeah these are the four i I don't know whether
0: whether they would have read all of them but they they are pretty popular books you know so they could yeah pretty pretty popular books heard of of all of them yeah 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. so uh, i think they are good good suggestions because it's like it covers most people, even like yeah. not readers or not intellectual readers. Correct, correct, read correct. correct. Of the, and it's like, not
1: just like, you know,
0: heavy fiction heavy, or heavy fiction. non-fiction yeah, or, yeah. you know,
1: even yeah.
0: very literary like, books. It's yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> like stuff we can read, we can pick up anytime and read. Okay, uh, three tips that you will give law students or young lawyers for their profession.
1: Please don't over intern. I think I I I specify I, I specified that earlier. Enjoy your college life. Um, be I mean be prepared to work hard. It's uh, it's not a very glamorous profession. There there are going to be you know uh, long nights involved. So be just be prepared to you know uh, what, what's that term? I'm 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 I at a loss
0: do the grant work. Also, I think, uh, yeah. like you said, you spoke about suits some time ago, and I think uh, the the general perception for people, yeah. it's either this jolly LLB type rubbish, you know, like chalak yeah. pe type thing, which is not correct, wrong, or it is uh, this tarik pe tariq jana. <laughs> oh, goodness. oh goodness! Can you imagine? So all <laughs> it is suits that, you know, that the yeah. fanciest office in those lovely clothes and I'm not trying to yeah, say that oh, those it's... two extremes don't exist of course they do yeah but they are yeah. just that you know they are extremes and they, they are extremes yeah and nobody They're really it. talks about the for for especially for a young lawyer for students you are doing a lot of very uh I think the word glamorous is very correct. You're very you're doing clerical work. Let's, are very clerical. Yeah, yeah. And, and I Let's let's
1: let's yeah. call it what it is. I mean, yeah. they are I mean, you're, you're doing you're, filing, you
0: doing... uh, half the night just paging. Your, yeah, uh, imagination. Document. Yeah, but, but yeah. we've all done that. I think. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's important correct yeah you move up the
1: ladder like that I mean nobody starts at the top so yeah. and also I think you know pace yourselves you know like I think I was mentioning this earlier about having like if you don't achieve something by this age oh my god you know it's like this big catastrophe that has happened but no I mean pace yourself and literally slow and steady actually uh I, I wouldn't i i don't know whether i would be that presumptuous to say win the race but yeah it it you will go you will go on you will uh, achieve uh, you know whatever you set out to achieve just don't put a time limit for everything because then you just stand to be disappointed so uh, yeah i would say just pace yourself
0: yeah i think these are very important points i, I don't think anyone has spoken about this especially this this idea of pacing yourself and uh, not no, having... because everyone's
1: in a hurry you know everyone wants to make partner by a certain age or everybody wants to wants their salary to be a specific amount by a certain age so it, it's a little unrealistic for every you know to have so many things to check off the list you know how much how much are you pressuring yourself you yeah. know you'll fail to enjoy your journey over there yeah. so I think uh, yeah pace yourself is what I would tell them
0: and Definitely. then two life lessons that you have learned in your life so far that you want to pass on.
1: Be kind and respectful to everybody. Um, I think that goes a long way. It's, it's, it's not nice to be rude to people. It's not nice to, um, you know, speak to someone badly in front of a lot of other people. And, you know, somebody else's self-esteem and self-worth is taking a beating. And um yeah, just be kind and, and also don't underestimate anybody's skill or somebody's talent uh, just on the basis of how they speak or what they wear. I think that's that's very important to uh, to be very mindful of that. Yeah, so these are I think two things I would I would tell them, and especially for lawyers because I, I think lawyers sometimes, Tend to have very big egos, <laughs> so uh, so so yeah. I think I I think this is what I would tell any aspiring lawyer for sure.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. Actually, I think we are also guilty of doing it at some point. In I'm sure. Life. I'm
1: sure. But uh, but yeah. Like, I mean, like you learn, learn from your mistakes, yeah, and you we can we just learn. maybe
0: yeah. part, uh,
1: You know yeah. what your the, the wisdom that you've gained. Uh, I mean, in fact, I think we just had years. a
0: conversation on this a couple of days ago. You would know because you were part of the the dialogue, yeah. I mean, the whole chat, but then yeah. we 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 are probably guilty of this and I, I, I can't agree yeah. more, especially as lawyers or as people yeah. you who know, have gone to GLC or have gone to some fancy institution and someone who's uh, not either come to your institution or something better or similar or whatever yeah or somebody who can't speak in the same language as you or who's not very absolutely you know you you think you're superior to that person Uh, yeah happens very often
1: yeah 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 it does and yeah that's why I said being kind is is very important and it will go a long way because see finally at the end of all this people are going to remember you also for being a good person Yeah. apart from being a skilled lawyer and you know being very good at your job I think it's it's important to be a good person also at the end of the day you can't be uh, you know you can't get away with being nasty permanently I I, I don't think at least that's not something that uh, I ever it, it never resonated with me
0: so yeah and Malu last question is what is the one piece uh, of advice or the best advice that you've ever received
1: so the best advice that I ever received was actually from my father and uh, he he said this line to me which now of course makes a lot of sense after all these years he said life is unfair get used to it and uh, you know at that time you, you definitely feel that oh you know the everything is stacked up against you it's not working out but uh, you know life has other plans maybe so um, no point in complaining doesn't get you anywhere. There's always somebody who's gonna have better opportunities than you. And at the same time, you're gonna have better opportunities than somebody else. So so yeah, that's that's what I actually live by. That it's never going to be a f- level playing field for everybody. That's actually and you can't grudge, yeah. and you can't grudge somebody else. Um uh, what should I say, the little. Uh, the their their the, fortune,
0: like you. Yeah, their fortune.
1: fortune yeah, can't right.
0: grudge. You can't grudge. So that's Thank what you. I would. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good advice, and I, 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 get why you're saying that you are able to understand it now after so many years because yeah, uh, it, I, I, I'm able to understand it also today.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: Because today we are playing many more roles than just being um yeah. a student or lawyer or yeah
1: it may not make a lot of sense and you know to maybe people who are really young right now but i think as they go along they'll they'll probably uh, <laughs> experience yeah yeah. This. yeah
0: of course if not in your career you'll experience it in your personal life or somewhere but yeah, you keep somewhere. finding this out and it makes yeah, it
1: disappointments true. yeah disappointments and setbacks are uh, a part and parcel of uh, of life so
0: yeah yeah, it's a very tactical. You just tactical have, to take, of, it, you of just have to
1: take it in your stride and yeah and yeah. move on.
0: Yeah. Malu, thank you so much. I, I had the best time talking to you, especially really? about uh I, I mean what you spoke about, you know, about getting back into uh, the workforce and about how you think about yourself as a lawyer, which is so important. I don't think anyone speaks about it. Uh, and i don't think anyone speaks about whether it is about a lawyer or otherwise no one really talks about um, this how you think about yourself how you think about your career being a long yeah like a multi year effort you know and we are we yeah. don't think of it like that or we are all used to thinking okay not we but the what yeah, in, general, I in do, general, in general. So, you, hear, you hear so often Ki, yaar, I have to retire at 40, you know, like that Ki, kya yeah. hai apna plan?
1: But that is also a lot of pressure, like, yeah. Like exactly. to retire by
0: 40, means think
1: of what you have to achieve by 40 yeah. to be able to retire. <laughs> yeah, and why? You know, it's
0: these are these yeah, artificial why. constructs, and people yeah. uh, and nobody talks about this. Uh yeah. I, it changed my own perspective actually when you spoke about that, when you said that. Life is so long and what is this? Like one one year or few months is just a blip in the road. Uh, it, which yeah. you won't even remember. I, I did not remember yeah. when you said 2015-16. Even though I know. Yeah. Firsthand, you know?
1: Exactly. I mean, you know, now that. Uh, yeah, I mean, even now, like when I think back. It was a small period of time. Yeah, yeah where yeah. I ended up doing something which gave me happiness for that Correct. much. For the time that I did it. Yeah. So, I, it's it's okay. And today, nobody remembers that. I yeah. mean, today if I have. <laughs> Wherever I go, nobody's going to say "Oh," but you know, after you finished like five years, then you took that you know six month break, and nobody nobody. bought And it hasn't it hasn't your work, uh,
0: affected your career trajectory because you are still a very a fairly young partner. You are not like uh, some doddering old partner. You know, it no, hasn't not like, yet. You are not yet, but has it you know some increased yeah. or elongated that uh, that journey yeah. from uh, associate to yeah. partner? You still yeah, made yeah, it, yeah. Uh, so I think your story is really inspiring. And uh, whoever's listening, I hope you take. If you're taking one thing from this entire podcast, I hope you take this attitude, uh, because everything else you can possibly learn or you can figure out on the way. But I don't think you can figure out the attitude. So Malu, thank you so much. It means a lot to me to have you guys. My like, pleasure. Yeah, it was my pleasure, and I and I wish
1: the Daily Lawyer. All the very best. Thank
0: you. I hope a
1: lot of people tune in and, uh, you know, get uh, all their legal queries resolved. So, yeah, good luck, Jenna. Great initiative. And I just hope it's a great success for you.
0: Thank you so much. Thanks, Malu. I'll see you. Bye. Bye.